Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. You're listening to The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hi, folks. Uh, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Tuesday night here on the east coast of the uh, United States. You know what day and time it is wherever you are listening to The Steve Malzberg Show. Um, some news. The uh, House passed uh, an extension to keep uh, the uh, government running. Um, it has to be taken up by the Senate. You had many more Democrats voting for it than Republicans. We'll get into some of that and some other things in a little while. But those of you who listen to me on a regular basis, you know all too well that that as, as often as I can say it, and it comes up all the time, you know who I think is running this, this government. You know who I think has been running this government. You know who I think was orchestrating uh, and orchestrated the uh, fact that Joe Biden became the nominee and Kamala Harris became the vice president and he had all the people drop out of the race and he designated who would be promised what. And he had Biden pick the, uh, the pick his vice president. And he's got tons of people from his administration working in this administration. He's located in Washington, D.C. People come and go in limousines uh, as uh, as the uh, king um, unofficially runs the government. He was narcissistic enough uh, in late November of 2020, after Biden won the election, to go on Colbert and uh, describe what a third term of his would look like. And he said, I envision myself sitting in a basement somewhere and some somebody has, you know, the, the guy in the Oval Office has an earpiece and I'm kind of telling him what to do. Uh, there's no earpiece involved as far as we know, but that's exactly what is happening. And we're talking about Barack Obama. And we just so happen to have um, the gentleman who has written a book and uh, all about Barack Obama, where I, I believe he agrees, uh, you know, we agree with each other, I think, on everything I just said. Scott McKay is the author of Racism, Revenge and Ruin. It's all Obama. He's also the publisher of The Hayride, which is an award winning culture and politics site that covers Southern and national current events. And uh, you could read them for the past 11 years uh, or so at uh, the American Spectator, where he's uh, a columnist. Scott, welcome aboard, sir. Steve, thanks for having me. And uh, your uh, your intro is <laughs> spot on perfect. Um, you know, you, you actually spouted a lot of the stuff that uh, you'll find in the intro to the book. Um, I, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I wrote this thing, uh, really as a, and not necessarily as a protest, but a lot of, as an explainer, I kept running into people, particularly, you know, after, uh, the 2020 election, uh, who were just so despondent over, uh, not just politics, but like everything that has happened in America over the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. Um, and how the, you know, it's not even the same country that it used to be. Um, and, I, you know, I've known this pretty much all along, just as, just as you have. Like, none of this is organic, right? The country has changed since 2007 for one very specific reason, and that is that the most consequential person in America, politics, culture, and economics over the last 15 years has been Barack Obama. 
Um, this is the guy who advertised himself as bringing a fundamental transfer transformation of the United States of America. And even though he wasn't a good president by any standard that we would all recognize, he's managed it in ways that I don't think most people really even thought. Um, and so, yes, you know, nobody believes Joe Biden is actually running uh, the, the, the federal government at this point. Nobody thinks that Biden is is the consequential player in the White House. Um, and, you know, you look around, OK, well, who is it that's actually running the country? And there are no figures that make sense to to cover that explanation other than Barack Obama. And if you needed any confirmation of this, you know, you found it. I guess it was last year or maybe it was the end of 2021 when Barack Obama made his uh, return trip to the White House and was treated like a conquering hero where Joe Biden couldn't even get in on any conversations. If you'll remember <laughs> the video of that, they yes. were fawning over Barack Obama like he was a rock star and they had backstage passes at the concert. And yep. uh, I, like it, it was so unseemly the way this, I mean, it was such an obvious show that, that this is who's really running the place um, that he really hasn't been back because I think it was one of those things where like, we're showing the American people too much. Um, Absolutely. And of course, Susan Rice is in there, you know, helping run things. And so many, so many uh, former, you know, uh, members of the of the Obama administration are in the Biden administration. This is clearly the Obama redux administration, you know, from yeah. you know, whether it's Jake Sullivan or Samantha Power. You know, Susan Rice isn't officially in the Biden administration and none of us really know what she does. But the idea that she's out of power is not a plausible idea. At this point. Like, right, 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 right. She's not officially in. No, no. But she but 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 I mean, I've heard her name talked about she's just as much call. as Barack Obama, that she's in that that she is involved. Um, no question. You know, so so let, before we get to, to Barack Obama, who he is really. And of course, that's been a topic of discussion since. He came on the scene. And of course, it's got a lot of people in trouble for a lot of different reasons. But what do you think the plan is? Because as time goes on and it becomes later and later and getting to be too late for other Democrats to get in the race, such as a, a, a Governor Newsom or anybody else, um, and it becomes more and more obvious when people like Another disciple of Obama, David Axelrod, says, get out. The Washington Post says, get out. Um, you know, what do you think the plan is? Is it to have the Biden replacement come in um, at the convention? And do you believe that that Biden replacement will be Michelle? Well, you know, I think they would like it to be Michelle. I think the problem there is Michelle doesn't want to do the work. And Michelle is not somebody who can tell what to do, right? Like she's not a follower. I mean, this is she's in that relationship. She might actually be the alpha rather than Barack. And so, you know, she's got a life she likes and she doesn't really want to change that for him or anybody else. So, you know, like he she would be the one that would be easy to get elected. Um, but the problem you have is if you don't have her, first of all, Whoever it is, it's got to be a puppet. They're, they're not going to take any, you know, independent, strong leaders. And I think 
not that he's particularly strong, but Gavin Newsom's ego is as big as Barack Obama's. So I don't like I don't think a deal can be made there. And and I think he telegraphed that a few weeks ago when he said, you know, I'm not involved. And if there's an heir apparent, it's Kamala Harris. I think what that is, that's a signal of, of Gavin Newsom basically saying, y'all can have this mess right now. Call me in 2028 when it's my machine that I take over. Like that's right. that's I think that's where he is. But once you get beyond that, I mean, you're talking about a very, very shallow bench. You're talking about people like J.B. Pritzker, who I don't think you can sell to the American people, the governor of Illinois. I think you're talking about Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, I mean, like you, people who middle America is going to really struggle to get behind people like that. Um, and, you know, the other side of it is, is they're not properly vetted as Obama puppets. So honestly, I think you're stuck with Kamala Harris. But I think these guys are so confident in the ability to force whatever it is they want on the American people. They'll stick with Biden. They'll run with that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's you know, we'll run the whole thing on abortion. We'll run the whole thing on, you know, MAGA extremists. We'll yeah. you know, we'll indict Trump. We'll get him convicted in, you know, one of these uh, cases. And then he's a convicted felon. And that'll damage him worse than Kamala Harris and all this kind of stuff. And look. This all goes back, if you don't see the pattern, let me lay it out for you. This all goes back all the way to, to Obama's first election back in 1996, I guess it was, when he got every single other candidate for the Illinois State Senate thrown off the ballot with ballot right. challenges, okay? Um, and then, you know, he ran for Congress after that. In a fair fight, he got drummed. So then he ran for U.S. Senate in 2004. They leaked Blair Hull's divorce records when Blair Hull was going to beat him in the primary, and Blair Hull went away. Then they leaked Jack Ryan's divorce records, and Jack Ryan dropped out of the race, and he ended up running against Alan Keyes. Okay? These guys, the Obama faction, the Democrat Party, does not run fair elections. Okay? They rigged the elections so that their people can win. And you saw that all the way up to 2020 with the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story being suppressed based on the word of 51 liars in the intelligence community, all of whom were Obama people, okay? Um, I mean, like, there is a, a deep pattern going back basically 25 years of these people monkeying with elections so that the American people do not get a fair contest. Uh, and, and I think they're, you know, they're not going to, they're going to make sure that this thing is not uh, 2024 is not a fair election either, if they can. Yeah. Well, you know, we've already seen. Look, anytime you could have people dumping off ballots, uh, uh, you know, and we just saw it in Connecticut. I don't know how many she dumped off, uh, but a, a woman, a judge overturned a, a primary uh, a Democratic primary because somebody was caught on camera stuffing the uh, the drop off box. With ballot after ballot after ballot after ballot. And you can't you can't do that. So you mean to tell me she's the only one who's ever done that? Please. Uh, and you're right. I don't I don't trust the elections anymore with this early voting and and that kind of voting and dropping off at the you know, on your own. I don't trust it. No ID when you vote in some states. I, 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 I don't trust it all. We're talking to uh, Scott McKay, uh, his book, Racism, Revenge and Ruin. It's all Obama. Let me let me go back a little bit and ask you, um, people have written books, people have long said, um, there was a book not too long ago, 
that uh, they quoted the uh, one of the ex quote unquote girlfriends of Obama who uh, admitted fantasizing about having homosexual sex. Um, I, you know, uh, and this may have nothing nothing to do with that. But I just saw a story today, which I just put here before we okay. Um, Biden was praising this um, this civil rights leader who he said was just never acknowledged, never recognized because. Um, he was gay. Uh, his name is uh, 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 Bayard Rustin, says he was denied his place in history, uh, although he gave him a, a, a civilian medal of honor. Um, he said that, uh, it, you know, it, it was because of, of who he was. Um, it, it, as far as you know, and I, I don't know if you address this in the book or not, I, I, I know you say Barack Obama isn't who he appears to be. I know that. I know the real Barack Obama when he gets out on the campaign trail, like the, the last week before the elections and his veins are popping out of his neck with lies, they're going to take well with you, throw your grandmother's social veins are popping and his eyes are bulging. And you could tell his hatred is coming through lying, but the hatred that's the real Barack Obama uh, as far as in that aspect of him. But what about the, is he straight? Is he not straight? Does he have a history with men? Uh, well, you know, there's the whole Larry Sinclair, uh, uh, you know, story that uh, recently came back into the to the public eye when Tucker Carlson uh, interviewed Sinclair. Um, and, you know, I don't find him particularly uh, sympathetic, but I don't find him altogether uh, non-credible either. Um and I think there's there's enough smoke there that uh, I think Obama's probably at least bisexual. Um, that's a part of us never really getting to, to, to find out what the truth about Obama was. I think what what probably is a little bit more con uh, consequential than that, um, is, you know, the entire kind of subject of Frank Marshall Davis, uh, who, you know, uh, I can make the case to you that Frank Marshall Davis is his biological father. Uh, and that case centers around the fact that if you put a picture of Barack Obama Jr. next to Barack Obama Sr. next to Frank Marshall Davis, he looks more like Davis than Obama. Um, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not here to try to sell you on that. What I am here to sell you on is that Frank Marshall Davis is Barack Obama's intellectual father and ideological father. Um, because if you go back and read, and there have been a couple of really good books written on this subject that have gone back and grabbed all of Frank Marshall Davis's writings for these communist newspapers that he worked at back in the you know 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. And I mean, everything that Frank Marshall Davis said in those columns came to fruition when Barack Obama was president and is still coming to fruition now. Um, there is very little daylight between the Communist Party of the USA in the middle part of the 20th century and what they wanted to accomplish in America and what the Obama faction, the Democrat Party, is pushing now from the destruction of the family to the war on cops to the war on faith, uh, use, the use of race and racism as a, as a wedge issue for a, a, not just politics but culture as well. Um, I mean, all of it. None of this stuff is accidental. None of it is organic. It's all stuff that was put in place ideologically by the Communist Party USA. And this guy brought all of that into mainstream American politics. And and if you'll if you'll indulge me, 
the method by which he did it, okay, was not this Marxist-Leninist revolutionary uh, ideal. It was community organizing. It was the concept of we're going to take our people and we're going to wound them so tight and we're going to get them so hyped up that they will go and overwhelm the majority. And we're not going to try to persuade people to become the majority. We will use our folks to overwhelm the majority because we'll be better organized, better funded, uh, more aggressive than regular folks. And if you'll remember, Michelle Obama had that that creepy, creepy quote at the beginning of the uh, the 2008 presidential campaign about you'll never, never again will you be complacent, country. right? And, I've, I've and never, did, the one I've never been proud of my country until now. Well, not that, but she was like, never again will you be complacent and never again will you be oh, content oh. to just live your life yes. and all that. Yeah. That is straight up the community organizing, democratic socialists of America, and there was a conference of socialists at, uh, uh, I guess it was at Cooper Union back in 1983 when Barack Obama was a senior at Columbia. And he talks about that in Dreams from My Father, how it was so important to him that he attended this thing where you had all of these socialists that were talking about community organizing as the recipe for bringing socialism to America. And then he went to work at Acorn. And now... The Democratic Party is much more interested in harvesting ballots than it is winning votes, which is a straight up community organizing construct with its whether it's mules bringing ballots to drop boxes or all of that kind of stuff. You know, this this is the acorn mentality that has taken over that party and it is now dominating American politics. And and Scott, you know, you talk about how this country has changed since uh, 08 or whatever date you used. I mean, I maintain if you if you went to sleep, uh, you know, three, three years ago, four years ago and woke up, you wouldn't know what country you're in. And I mean, as far as the schools, how quickly it's all happened in the schools um, with the trans stuff and the race stuff and all that. And yeah. and by the way, you know, it, it, it's 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 amazing. It is just amazing what is going on. Um, and again, I blame when it comes to elections, I blame the Republicans because I don't think parents know enough. I don't think people who maybe don't have kids in school anymore know enough, just like on the abortion issue. It's a winning issue for Republicans if they knew how to frame it, if they weren't afraid of it. So, would they, right. but they, they don't even get out there, like they, they don't even get out there and talk about everything that's going on, how parents have no right to that to, in Democrat run states, no right to know if your kid tells you to teach, I want to use the girl's bathroom and he's a boy, or I want to change sexes or call me she. They, 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 by law, they can't tell the parents. By law, people would be outraged. But Republicans have no interest in educating the parents. And it gets worse and worse. And we've seen, Scott, and I know you'll agree with this, part of that whole communist plan is infiltrate infiltrate everywhere, infiltrate doctors, infiltrate lawyers, infiltrate, of course, politicians. And we see what's at school with the Hamas demonstrations. We see what's in school. We know what's in school in colleges. And and these are the these people have been going there for years. They're now teaching our kids. They're now the pediatricians asking our kids, do you think you're a boy or a girl? I mean, it's just and they're running the pediatric association. They're running all the associations. I mean, if we ever do get the House, the Senate and the presidency, man, do we have to work day and night and just change, change, change things or or we'll be doomed. 
well, you have to you have to fix this at the local and the state level, um, and then and then demand federalism so that California and New York can't um, dominate Arkansas and Kansas, right? Uh, and right. so, like, you know, that's that's at least somewhat of a bulwark to try to make uh, to make some positive change here. But you're exactly right. I mean, all of these are in institutions that have been infiltrated and then corrupted, and now they're being weaponized against uh, against traditional Americans and and traditional American values. Uh, and you know, the schools are obvious. But I mean, I would look at Hollywood as an as an example of that. I mean, we're you know, they just they just had the most the wokest movie in the Marvel universe. That has gotten absolutely annihilated at the box office. Yep. Uh, they're yep. going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars on this. It's probably a franchise killer. And it, you know, it's like the wokest man. They they knew the thing wasn't going to sell, and they made it anyway. Um, yep. And and so and that's just a it's pure corruption and it's ideology being put in place and all these different things. And I mean, it sounds silly to talk about Hollywood, but like Breitbart said. Politics is downstream from culture, and they are absolutely suiciding Ab this stuff to get us there. Absolutely, Ab absolutely. It's it's yeah. uh, we're 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 in really 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 scary times for so many reasons, and I think everybody uh, should should pick up racism, revenge, and ruin. It's all Obama, and it really is all over. You could say that about everything going on in this country today politically. It's all Obama. Scott McKay. Uh, I thank you very much. Uh, people could uh, check out the Hayride as well. Tell them how they could uh, check out the Hayride. Yeah, check out uh, thehayride.com. Uh, also, I've got another site to check out, which is reviver.com, R-V-I-V-R.com. And then catch my stuff three days a week at, uh, at the American Spectator, which is spectator.org. Um, and oh, by the way, Great. the book actually publishes uh, it releases on November 21st, but you can pre-order it now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and also Calamo Press's website. Well, the 21st, I believe, is uh, a week away. So there you go. It is. Um, Seven days Scott, from Scott, thank you. And I look forward to talking to you uh, again. Good luck with the book, and we'll speak to you soon. Great, Steve. Thanks a lot. Take care. My pleasure. Scott McKay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, very, very frightening conversation i'm sorry very i mean if you know if that doesn't scare the hell out of you then what i tell you doesn't scare the hell out of you then nothing's gonna scare the hell out of you maybe you get scared at halloween i don't know maybe horror movies scare you i don't know but we're living through a horror movie in this country uh with everything that's going on and donald trump donald trump might is, is running again oh my god he's hitler now more than he was hitler in 2015 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22. Now he's going to be a bigger Hitler if he wins in 2025 when he takes over. So please, you can't, you just, it, 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 it just never ends. Never, ever ends. All right. We have a lot more to get to. We'll come back right here. Steve Malzberg on TNT radio. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care. For life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope, they are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call 
to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. Thank you! Thank you! To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at this stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. When government efficiency is about as good as the smell of a rest area bathroom. Quite frankly, it stinks. You need today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Steve Malzberg with you. Let's uh, get to some other um, issues, topics, shall we? Um, I believe it was uh, Brett Baer, yes, last night, who had a uh, uh, an advisor to uh, uh, Ukrainian, pre- Ukraine President Zelensky. And he said to him, you know, how do you quell the fears of the American public and the politicians that say all these billions and billions and billions of dollars that we've given you and that the, the, the president wants to give you that it's basically unaccounted for. I mean, there's no, there's no record keeping. They, they, how could, how could, how could you, uh, you know, how could the people trust it? And um, I guess he thinks he's putting us all at ease here, but anyway, here's cut 150. American taxpayers uh, can rest easy. It's everything under control and uh, we really have the guarantees that all findings it's absolutely using under control of the American sites and we are working very transparency and we need this support to win this war. What about how things are going? You know, there's multiple reports that it's essentially a stalemate and that there's not progress against the Russians. You know, in the war, it's uh, uh, the time is calculated in 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 another uh, in another way. But I can say that during this period of time, with the support of United States and other alliance, we already liberated 50 percent of the occupied territories from 24th of uh, of the February last year, and our country offensive is continue. Of course, everybody wants that it's happened more quickly, but we have a very positive result every day. All right. I don't believe that last part. By the way, this uh, guy's last name is Yermak, Andre Yermak, uh, advisor to Zelensky. Uh, well, I'm glad he he's now allayed all my fears, by the way, about the money, because he said that... Um, he said that we could rest easy as Americans. Everything is under control when it comes to the money. Ah, well, now I just feel so good. 
Now give them more, give them another hundred billion. I could, because I could rest easy because everything is under control. That's his answer to how Americans could feel better, secure, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, 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 that the money's going to the right place, that the money's been used properly, that the money's accounted for. Ah, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Oh, he said, don't worry about it. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a plan. That's the best he could do. Didn't he think he'd be asked that? And that's all he could come up with? Rest easy. It's under control. Yeah. And I believe him when he says every day they're, they're taking land from Russia back. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk um, on his show on um, Real America's Voice talking about something we've discussed uh, because Trump brought it up when he said he would consider Tucker Carlson as his VP. And I've asked uh, several guests about that. Nan Hayworth, the former congresswoman last night, said, uh -uh. Um, Jeff Relord, the night that Trump did it. And he said, well, uh, you know, it's possible, but really Tucker's cooled off a little bit since he's left Fox. So kind of, uh -uh. but uh, Charlie Kirk thinks it's like the best thing since uh, what? Sliced bread. I don't think sliced bread's that big, but nonetheless, he does, I guess. So here's cut 151. One of the reasons why I love the Trump-Tucker combo is they have the same worldview. If you pick kind of your traditional D.C. person, or let's just take Tim Scott, sweet man, the conventional wisdom is that Tucker Carlson, I mean, I'm sorry, Tim Scott will win over black voters. I'm going to say something controversial. I think Tucker Carlson would actually win over more black voters than Tim Scott. I, I really firmly believe that. And it's not a knock at Tim Scott. I think that Tucker's more interesting. Tucker has better name ID. He's more trusted. And again, you have these five candidates, Jill Stein, Cornell West, Manchin and Romney. You should maximize your positives. This is not a traditional presidential race. So we need to think differently. We need to think creatively. Well... I mean, I, I, I really don't think Tucker Carlson's the way to go. I mean, you know, you, you need some. I know Trump had no experience coming in. I think Tucker Carlson's a little different. I, I just don't think he's he's the guy. I don't think he will be the guy. Uh, but, you know, Charlie Kirk is uh, is certainly entitled to um, to his opinion. Uh, but I, I, I just don't agree with it. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't see it. OK. Uh, this is Karine Jean-Pierre, the first black lesbian White House press secretary, a self-proclaimed historic figure, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this is at the press briefing, I believe, today. You know, the Secret Service had a, one of them had to fire their gun at potential carjackers who were a threat to the president's granddaughter a couple of days ago over the weekend in Washington, D.C., which is becoming the capital of crime as well as the capital of the United States. So Corinne Jean-Pierre was uh, asked about it uh, by um, Mark Meredith, White House Fox, uh, Fox White House correspondent. And here, here it is. Give a listen. 148. 
So the White House considered having Mayor Bowser back over here just to talk about crime in general. I know she was here, I think, early when the president took office, but I'm just curious, any so interest in maybe hearing from we are, her? We are in regular conversations with Mayor Bowser about an array of issues, a uh, range of issues that uh, that is important to the residents here, obviously, in, in Washington, D.C. That is something that is continuous. Uh, we have a, an a, uh, intergovernmental affairs office here, and so we are in touch with her as mayor of D.C., but also other mayors and governors across uh, across the country. Uh, look, I've said this moments ago, and I'll say it again. We've been very serious on dealing with uh, the crime that we have seen just across the country, and we'd love to work with Republicans on this. They have not been serious on this. So it's the Republicans' fault that crime is out of control in Democrat-run cities where you have Democrat governors, Democrat mayors in the cities, Democrat police commissioners, Democrat prosecutors. It's the Republicans' fault. I look, I give them credit for saying that crap because nobody's going to answer them. Republicans aren't going to say, is that is that what the, the president's spokesperson said today? We got to come out and we're going to point out how ludicrous that is, how ridiculous that is. Never happened. So why shouldn't they say anything? They're going to take away your Medicare. They're going to take away your, your, your grandmother's Social Security. They're going to you know do this. They're going to do that. Of course, it's all lies. They know it, but they say it. And nobody pushes back because Republicans suck at it. So aggravating. So, so. Uh, have I made that clear that it's a, it's kind of aggravating? <laughs> Speaking of aggravating, disgusting, disgusting woman named Megan Rapino, soccer player, United States, pink hair. You probably heard of her. Um, thank God her career is over. I was just looking up as I did that. And um, so, so she has disrespected the United States by not standing, not salute, not, not acting properly during the national anthem, both in the United States and overseas at World Cups since 2016. Okay, she's trashed this country, the country that has given her so much. She's trashed it. And she's encouraged, apparently, because more they say more than half the team in the most recent World Cup uh, did not... They, they stood either with their hands at their sides or their hands behind their back purposely, not over their heart during our national anthem. Again, on foreign soil. What do they think? They're Barack Obama. So anyway, so she was playing her last game professionally over the weekend. And three minutes into the game, she collapses. I think it was an Ach uh, 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 Achilles thing. She left the game. That was it. Not the way she wanted to go out. Obviously, three minutes into her last game, she's injured. She's done. So what does this creep do after the game? The, 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 you talk about delusions of grandeur. She says, you'll hear it in a second, that this proves to her, not that she believed in God, but this proves to her that there is no God. Because as we all know, if there was a God, He'd never let Megan Rapino get injured in her last game. That's not how the script would be written because she's the most important person in the world. But anyway, I just told you what Megan Rapino said. 
Okay. That's exactly what she said. Not that I ever believed in God, but this just proves to me there is no God. And that she cursed classless, classless punk is what she is. And uh, I, I don't like to see anybody get hurt, but I hope she fully recovers. Good riddance. Let her get out of sports, out of sight. Stop influencing young women. And and by the way, now she's for trans playing in women's sports. She has waited until she's out. So she won't have to deal with a man saying I'm a woman playing against her. But now that she's gone, she's all for it. She's a punk, a pink haired punk. Okay. Let her, yeah, she hates the U.S. so much. Hey, I'll pay her airfare one way, anywhere she wants to go. Just stay there. Go. Tell me what country. Punk. All right. So let's uh, move on past that one. And let's go to, I think, I'm almost afraid to do it. Um, this will be, uh, not, don't do it yet. So this will be, um, no, 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 no. Having a little trouble here, folks, ladies and gentlemen. 149. Where is 149? Where or oh, where is 149? I don't know. So, uh, okay, this is the most trouble I've ever had in a year and a, and a half with my cut sheet. I can't read my own writing. So let's try to find, okay, let's start with 146. Uh, but I don't want to start with 146. So let's go to 139. Okay? Okay. 139. Now, this is Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. She stayed awake long enough to make a fool of herself, and I guess I guess uh, collect a collect a check from what from Hamas or or whoever would you know the, the the PR agency representing Hamas or reading their talking points. Maybe no check involved. I don't know, but you got to hear this. So here she is on MSNBC, uh, Andrea Mitchell, and she is um, making a fool of herself again. Here's 139. We have opened a safe passage from Shiva from the first day, and Hamas was shooting people outside and not providing the safe passage. We're talking about electricity and fuel and incubators. Underneath Shiva Hospital, there's a whole nerve center of a terrorist base, which is bigger than the New York subway. Now, what's fueling that? They've got, according to our intelligence, months of fuel down there, months of food and months of water. And so essentially, we're protecting their citizens more than they're protecting their own citizens. That's what the world should be outraged about. We can always have these image Olympics and one image is worse than the next. I'm not justifying anything, but we are in a war. There's a difference between war, which is ugly, and war crimes, which is purposefully going for innocent citizens. Okay, that's that's on Andrea Mitchell's show. That is a deputy Jerusalem mayor, Floor Hassan Nahim, Nahum. Okay, so now you have Andrea Mitchell. Actually, she listened to that, and this is how she responds to what you just heard. Cut 140. And if indeed there are Hamas terrorists under the hospital, that's a war crime in and of itself. Absolutely. The counter argument is that everything has to be proportional and 
that these hospitals are, are desperate. Um, the Red Cross assures me that they deliver their own fuel. They don't contract it out, that they have never had incidents of their fuel being co-opted. They deliver it to people they know in the hospitals. These hospitals, they were the, the amount of fuel that Israel finally delivered to Al-Shifa was enough for a half hour to an hour of what is needed to generate their equipment. So you have babies dying taken off of incubators. First of all, UNRWA put up a tweet at some point that their fuel had been stolen by Hamas and then they had to take it down because of course they're very much intimidated, these international organizations and Hamas operators are very much embedded in these organizations. So everybody, whatever they're saying, you also have to take with a pinch of salt because they're there. Yes, they're there. Oh, she spoke with the Red Cross, Andrea Mitchell, and they said Hamas has never, never hijacked any of the fuel, never taken any of the fuel that they've personally delivered to people they know in the hospital. So what does the Red Cross do? Stay there and watch that fuel delivery, the watch, watch where the fuel is. That they, they, they sleep there, they eat there, they drink there, they stay in the hospital and watch the fuel. And uh, this is so ludicrous, so ludicrous. You have Nazi terrorists under the hospital. Today, the State Department or the Pentagon, I saw the press conference, confirmed. No one told Andrea Mitchell, but the, our government confirmed this. Of course, they confirmed it. Israel's not going to make that up. It's just lunacy. So here's more. Uh, one more cut from Andrea Mitchell from today, 141. But remember that Gaza, even before October 7th, had four hours of electricity a day. Why? Because Hamas was sucking all the energy out in order to keep going this terror infrastructure that they had underneath. So the priority of Hamas has never been its people. And we're doing everything we can. We're sending incubators. We've sent fuel. We'll continue to send fuel. We cannot guarantee that fuel is not going to be stolen by Hamas. I, we were told by the government that no, no fuel is going in. We have images of fuel going in, of soldiers taking in fuel. Our soldiers um, are constantly well, in touch can... with the staff of the hospital. And it, we have even moving people. The hospital has said that it's not nearly enough. But I, you, that, you let's, talk, let's talk. They're about under this. intimidation. Underneath them is a whole terror infrastructure. What did Andrew Mitchell say? We were told by the government? You mean by Hamas? <laughs> and she says it with a straight face, a very tired face, barely awake face, but a straight face nonetheless. Now, that was today. If you go back to yesterday on MSNBC with John Kirby, okay, John Kirby, the, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, administration spokesman, uh, on national security. She was at it even yesterday. Uh, here's cut 146. Even if Israel's claim that Hamas command and control is under al-Shifa, as well as under other hospitals, other Hamas units, even if that were to prove true, and my understanding is that the U.S. has not independently confirmed that intel, does that justify striking a hospital? The questions have been raised by um, General Brown, CQ Brown and others, that even getting a couple of terrorists or a terrorist cell doesn't justify targeting a hospital. 
This is the extra burden that we've been talking about for the Israeli Defense Forces as they try to go after Hamas leaders. And you're right, I'm not going to speak about intelligence matters, but we know it's open source reporting that Hamas headquarters themselves in things like hospitals and schools, and they uh, have uh, tunnels underneath residential complexes. They put uh, the innocent people of Gaza at risk in harm's way just by how they headquarter themselves. Really? Because... Uh, Hamas has told Andrea Mitchell something completely different, you know. We must we must judge, uh, you know, we, we must uh, take what Hamas says pretty seriously. You know, they're to be trusted. Well, I do take what they say seriously. Like I said, we played three separate leaders, gave the names. Jake Tapper played them. We played them off of that report, one on Al-Arabia TV, one on Lebanon television, one on RT. One of them said, we don't we don't care about to civilians have to be sacrificed. Millions and millions of civilians have been sacrificed to gain freedom that in the name of freedom. That's that's what the, it's always been through history. And that's what's happening here. The other one said, we don't take care of civilians in Gaza. That's the U.N.'s job. And the other one said tunnels. Do uh, you want tunnels for uh, or bomb shelters for Hamas? No, 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 no. I mean, for the civilians. No, no, we use we use we use everything for tunnels. Again, that's the U.N. That was part of that answer with the U.N. And the third one said, we're going to do what we did October 7th again and again and again. So those are the Hamas leaders, I believe, because I heard them say it. OK, I heard them say it. Uh, one more from John Kirby and Andrea Mitchell, 147. I know you don't want to talk about intelligence, but I do have reporting also that there is some concern and some pressure from the administration on Israel to produce more evidence about what they say is going on under the hospitals. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about our diplomatic conversations with our Israeli counterparts, and I'm certainly not going to get into matters of intelligence. Uh, I would just say what I said before. It's open source reporting. I mean, it's out. It's it's public in the public domain that uh, this is a tactic by Hamas. Uh, they do headquarter themselves in places of civilian infrastructure, whether that's schools or, or government buildings or uh, hospitals, certainly tunneling under homes. Uh, they deliberately try to peep place the people of Gaza, innocent Palestinians, between them and the Israeli Defense Forces, because they know uh, that the burden is on the Israeli Defense Forces to try to preserve uh, and protect civilian life. They know that, and, they, and, they're, and they're deliberately putting these people in harm's way. I mean, we talk about the law of war, law of armed conflict, and I've heard people talk about war crimes. It is against the law of armed conflict to do exactly what Hamas is doing, tunneling and creating uh, human shields out of the innocent people of Gaza is uh, good for our administration. Uh, Barack Obama's influence uh, doesn't seem to be that apparent here because uh, Barack Obama, you know, uh, has this uh, both sides mentality. And, um, you know, he would have been good for Hitler during World War II. What could I tell you? All right, we have one final segment left in the hour, ladies and gentlemen. We will come back right here, Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, our girl Greta is at it again, except she might have just hung herself with her own rope. Now, what rope is that? Well, she wants to get into political activity. She's trying to parallel what's going on with Israel and Palestine with climate change. In fact, this is exactly how they work. They try to link things together, and yet there's some people in the climate community that don't like 
like this at all. As a matter of fact, they resent her doing that because after all, whether they're right or wrong, climate is important to them. But let me tell you what the common denominator of what people like Greta Thunberg are doing is. They don't know all the facts. She certainly does not know the history, which extends back to Abraham, by the way, of how this whole problem got going over there. She has no idea. And she certainly does not have any idea of the seven, eight, nine, in fact, probably infinite amount of counters to her climate change stance. So consequently, these people are getting these very loud voices and they're based on ignorance. And the big question is, is how can a society and how can people that need facts, confront facts, have the freedom to do so, how can they survive when the voices that are yelling and screaming the loudest are coming from ignorance? Ponder that question for a while. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. I tell my son, I love you every single day. Now, my dad has never said that to me. Not because he doesn't love me, but because culturally it wasn't comfortable for him. Now that he's a grandfather, he says, I love you to my son every time he sees him. My advice to all the fathers out there, forget the cultural restrictions. They grow up way too fast for you to waste even a single precious moment. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, you know, one of the things I talked about at the beginning with our guest was what's going on in, in the schools. And, you know, you could really literally drive yourself ape crazy. I don't want to say the word. Out of your mind. And especially if you have kids in school. I don't have kids in school. But if my kid was in school now, I I don't I don't know. I'd probably either be on a school board or would have lost the election. I I would demand to see everything in the curriculum. I you know, I used to see the curriculum. They used to send home when he was in middle school, not that long ago. They used to send home health science curriculum. And I think you could have signed your kid out if you wanted to of various classes. Everything was HIV, 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 HIV. Nothing about cancer, nothing about heart disease, which unfortunately, so, well, such a high percentage of those kids one day, their parents or them will face and nothing. All HIV, 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 HIV. That's all it was. And that bothered me enough. But I, I can't even fathom if I had a kid in school and 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 this kind of crap. Listen to this. This is off. Um, this is um, a, called a porn a literacy teacher. And uh, this is a woman named Ange Forte talking about, uh, and somebody posted this, uh, talking about um, kids, grade school kids. You ready? Here's 135. And then with the young people, um, I talk a lot about statistics because I think they're so scared about 
how their body is different than what they see on screen. So therefore, they think they're, they're abnormal. And so we talk about, you know, what percentage of people actually keep their body hair around, you know, in their genitals? What percentage of people um, actually squirt? What percentage of people actually swallow cum? You know, whatever it is, because they're thinking I'm supposed to do these things in order to have the social capital in my friend group or in this relationship. And I want to just demystify that first by saying, here's what is actually common. That might be a lot lower than you think. I, 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 I've, <laughs> I've heard it now about three or four times, and I'm speechless every time I hear it. I am speechless. She's talking about grade school kids. And you heard, you heard, you heard what she said. I, I, don't, I don't particularly want to repeat it. Um, just un, I don't, I just unreal. Since when did this come into school? Along with everything else, since when is this the teachers, uh, some, some radical nut job, in my opinion, like her, since when it is her duty to, to discuss this with kids? Kids aren't going to raise their hand and ask it unless there's a, they know that this teach that person's there to talk about it. Why is that person there to talk about it? That's a parent's job. Here's 136. Because it scares me when a fifth grader asks me and has asked me, when are we supposed to start waxing down there? And I'm recalling their age being 11 years old. And how do they even know that somebody waxes pubic hair? Um, and they're thinking, well, I saw it on a magazine once. So it doesn't even need to be porn at that point. But they have these expectations of what their body is supposed to look like. And this fifth grader is just starting puberty and is already feeling insecure about the de their development. So if we are waiting until, you know, a porn scene they might see in eighth grade and then the parents coming in talking to them about it, you're already having to do three years of unlearning before they can actually start to receive this information in an affirming and literate, you know, uh, literate way. Oh, so it's a good thing you're there. So you could get them in the fifth grade so they don't have to wait till the eighth grade to talk to their parents about it. Because by then they're already wondering for three years, you're their savior. You're going to tell them what to do with their pubic hair and whether or not they should swallow and whether or not they should squirt and whether or not God knows whatever the frig else you're going to tell them. Oh, you are. You know what? You should talk to Karine Jean-Pierre because you too, my dear, you should self-proclaim as a historic figure. Yes. Yes, we should give you a medal. Maybe Barack Obama will one day. I, I, I don't even, I'm speechless. And since I'm speechless, it's a good time because it's the end of the show. Jason Olborn is next. You know it. You love it. Uh, God willing, tomorrow we'll do it all over again. I'm Steve Malsberg right here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio.